No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the podcast about our shared inevitable demise. I am your host, John Toyson, and joining me on the program today is my good friend, Cheo Smith. Cheo is uh, an old friend of mine who I would love to just chew over weird ideas with. He was kind of the master of getting me going on weird stuff and just bringing out the best in wild, far-reaching conversations. And what we put down on tape last night is no exception. It immediately went off the rails, and I absolutely love it. He's so much fun to talk to. Um, Can't thank him enough for coming on Cheo. You're the best. This was so, so, so much fun. Hopefully everybody gets as much out of this as I did because it was really eye-opening stuff for me. Um, So thank you, Cheo. Additionally, uh, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, please don't hesitate to reach out on Twitter, Instagram, email, uh, at your dead to just find me the myriad of ways, Google it. We're out there. I'd love to hear from people. I still want to do my listener question and comments episode, So we're working up for that. But, uh, beyond that, thank you for listening. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to listen to this, no matter what the circumstance. Um, if you like it, let me know. I want to hear more from people if you could be as kind as you could to leave a review on whatever service you're listening to this to whether it's spotify or google play or the itunes store just want to make sure i'm getting feedback and letting people uh make their voice be heard because i'm perfectly happy to do this in a vacuum but i'm going to give you the best show possible if i have some feedback to make sure that i'm doing this right so thank you as always for listening and kick back and enjoy this with chayo it gets so weird so fast and i absolutely love it thanks We got some levels here. Say hello. 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 Doing good. That's it. We're rolling. Awesome. So say hi. Hi. So with me today, I've got Cheo Smith. Cheo is an old friend of mine. I am very happy to reconnect with. And uh, we haven't seen each other in at least five years. More like, I think, eight. But (laughs) I am so, so, so happy to have you here. Okay, six years. Um, But tell the people about yourself. Who's Cheo? Hmm. Well, I'm Cheo Smith. I was born in South Dakota, raised in Minneapolis, uh, lived in the Twin Cities for 30 years. Um, yeah, I'm a chef. Uh, I've been driving Lyft for a while, too. That's been kind of fun. Um, a dad, a partner, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do most days. That's kind of the high level view of like, what are the, what are the focuses? What are the, the commitments in your life that you have to manage on a regular basis? Yeah. Those are your, like the Sims bars where they go up and down depending on the mm-hmm. filled level. Yes. My, okay. my stat tree is focused on those mostly. So you came to the Twin Cities at a pretty young age? Yeah. We moved here the winter before I turned five. Uh, we moved from Phoenix, which I only remember in snips of uh, scorpions and grabbing lizards and, uh, tripping over a remote control car at preschool. Yeah. Okay. That kind of stuff. <laughs> a two-year-old and... biting me. <laughs> when you were also young. I was also young, yeah. Did you have a particular... And the religion part of this is not necessarily mm-hmm. a focus, but it just helps me understand what people are dealing with and what their background is. Did you have a particular religious background growing up? Were you raised Mormon, Catholic, Jewish? Like, did you have any faith growing up? It was interesting. It was uh, kind of 
tripartite. It was like my dad came from an Episcopalian background and liked to go. We mostly only hit holidays ever. Um, he wanted to go more probably, but I think kind of for the community aspect. Um, my mom was raised Catholic, but and probably absorbed mostly like um, the bits and pieces of it, the the sort of um, day-to-day Catholicism. But, but the religion is, I don't think she absorbed it as like faith. And then, um, and then also American Indian re- religion um, in the background on my mom's side, um, going to ceremonies, seeing, uh, seeing ceremonies done in, in Dakota language. And so, yeah. Okay. And so did that kind of inform your worldview is like how to treat people, interact with people, or was that more of just kind of a background noise of like helping shape your, um, ideals of like how to interact with the world as a kid? I feel like I was mostly kind of like raised in, uh, in a secular way. I mean, Mm. and that's just me personally. Maybe my parents see it differently, but I, I think what I took of my childhood was mostly, um, how to behave around people and just how to behave in general. And it wasn't really tied to, any morality or sense of uh, sense of duty or anything like that, and it wasn't like obligation to little baby Jesus in the no. Ricky Bobby sense. <laughs> the eight pound, five ounce. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's funny for you to put it in that perspective of like you think it was secular. Your parents might not, because I think of myself as having a pretty religious childhood. When mm-hmm. in reality, I look back and it's like, well, yeah, we were Lutherans. There's not a whole lot of like. Yeah. Not a lot of meat I there. love those clean churches. Yeah. I love the clean service. It is in, out, praise Jesus. You don't have a bunch of things to distract you, like murals and gold and flashy stuff. Yeah, stained glass windows <laughs> everywhere yeah. and fancy robes. Uh, it's it's very cut and dry. There's not a lot of accoutrement to, mm, uh, mm-hmm. to the Lutheran faith. I think of like... Uh, I recently stumbled across the phrase Christian atheist, and mm. I thought that actually feels pretty close yeah. to what it was, where there wasn't a whole lot of Jesus' magic to it, yeah. but it was still very golden rule and kind of take care of your neighbors mm. and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've been dealing with the two professions that you listed here, yeah. chef and driver, those are mm-hmm. both things that are really interacting with people in very specific ways. Yeah. I want to ask you a million questions about being a driver because <laughs> yes. I'm sure you have tons of weird stories and like I've got bad etiquette as a passenger, but as a chef in particular, mm-hmm. what drove you towards that? Um, cooking with my dad as a kid, it just, it, it seems very cliche or like, I don't know, maybe it's like too simple and sweet a story, but, um, we'd watch PBS cooking shows <laughs> Jacques, Julia, yes, you know, yes, all the all the classics back then in the nineties, and then we'd recreate the recipes. That is awesome. We cook bread together or bake bread. I'm 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 a chef. I don't bake. So, <laughs> so to me, hey, you, you cook bread, right? Yeah. And um, cook up a mean bread. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we we the we cook together, and it was always bonding time. It was time where we were peers kind of we were doing it at the same time so we were learning together and so that's uh, very connective kind of thing and stuck with me 
That's very cool and very cute too that like as a young person with your dad that you've got this shared thing and like it puts you on a level playing field. And I've said that before with other friends too that cooking's the best hobby. You know, if it's mm. a passive thing, if it's as a profession, good God, yes. But as a hobby, it's like you can paint a painting and then at the end you get to eat it. Yeah. Like that's the best <laughs> hobby. I love doing that. I really am chagrined looking back at my own time like first getting out of my parents house living on my own like in college and then first being in my apartments that I just didn't know how to cook like mm -hmm. conceptually it was there like well duh put you know the egg in the pan and it, you know but scrambled eggs was still beyond my headspace you know like I just basic cooking is just so integral and yeah like and I'm stating the obvious here but um the other night my wife was going to be out working late and she wanted to have something when she came home. So I was like, well, I've got this stock that we've got in the fridge that I was going to use for something else. You want me to just make some rice with the stock? She's like, yeah, nice. sure. So I threw it together and just the, the difference between rice made just with water in a rice maker versus broth is just night and day. Mm -hmm. of, it's so basic and elemental. So that's, it, I think a reason that people have a tough time cooking or don't, come to it as naturally as maybe in other parts of the world is that we don't have fires in our house we don't or we don't deal with fire very often that is a very good point and you need to be able to even with just an electric burner put your hand close to it and just feel the heat just kind of like conceptualize like what is my food feeling in the pan lick your finger touch the pan get a sense of that heat and like what's happening elementally and chemically and uh you know, there's a lot of chemistry that goes on inside of food as it's sitting in the pan. And you become, as a chef, you sort of become a de facto the thermodynamics, you know, amateur. And uh, you get to kind of get a sense of, like, where heat is moving and how it interacts with other things. And it's, it's really fun. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And it's really sad, too, that I didn't even think about, oh, yeah, that is. It's an it's an element that you're interacting with. And, like, mm -hmm. I had electric burners for the longest time. And in this house until, you know, two years ago, we had an electric stove, and it drove me crazy. Yeah. And as soon as we got gas, it was just, let's yes. do this. It's just next level. <laughs> Has it for you been at all, have you had to monitor the level of, like, professional drain on something that you're passionate about like i think of mm. my friend greg mm. who was always very passionate about playing the guitar when we were bands together but then he went to greg if you're listening to this i'm sorry to put your business out on front street <laughs> but uh him going to college to study jazz guitar really took away this passion that he had for it for a while mm. it really mm. burned him out on that he's rekindled it but it really sapped that and it became a, a work and a job and a grind has that have you encountered that at all? Yeah, definitely. I, I was just uh, actually talking with um, uh, a young DJ who I was giving a lift ride to about this. He's 19, works in Twin Cities. Uh, maybe I'll think about shouting him out. <laughs> <laughs> if he um, was good. Well, I haven't checked his stuff out yet. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll check it out and then I'll throw it on Facebook, which I don't go on very often. Yeah. Um, but I was just saying, he in fact asked me about it and that was maybe the first time I thought about it in a while after kind of uh, taking some, like uh, I've been driving Lyft to kind of take a hiatus from kitchen work, yeah. to, from pounding the pavement in the kitchen and like working with fire and being in there and just kind of taking a step back. Um, he asked me about getting burnt out. And I, I came up with um, the idea that you can start to integrate other parts of your life 
into your career or to, or find your other interests and tie them together so that you can um, sort of take some of the load off of that main thing that you do. And you can, at any time in your life, transition to other things and um, figure out how to make it work for you. Right now particular favorite things to work with like do you love adding particular spices or things to dishes or like sneaking <laughs> things in especially for people here in the midwest we oh, think mayonnaise geez. is too spicy here and mm. I, I, I use tons of garlic good that's that's my main thing is if you um if a recipe says two cloves of garlic put in four that's a practice that i strongly advocate for definitely that's mm-hmm. more flavor is generally it, again, especially in the Midwest. It's usually better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking about marshmallow fluff the other night, and, like, Ooh. how does that count as a food? Like, especially for holidays and stuff, you see that come up. And my better half pointed out, well, it was probably, like, this impressive novel thing back in the 50s. Of, like, oh, yeah. Look, you've got marshmallows, and you can put fruit, exotic oranges from the West Coast in this, like. And now it's just, like, you know we have, like, key lime pie or like you can (laughs) sky's the limit you can do whatever you want now i've got an old betty crocker cookbook from the 60s and it's a lot of weird shit put in (laughs) jello like savory jello like hot dogs and diced onions in clear broth flavored jello oh god oh my god who is that for um ostensibly housewives or at, at the time, it would have been. Oh, my God. That sounds like a challenge on the internet. Yeah. Like, you can imagine kind of a Mad Men-style party. Oy. And, uh, yeah, it would be <laughs> I, It's probably horrible. also the fact you were probably chain-smoking a lot back oh, in yeah. the 60s, so you couldn't taste anything anyway. Oh, everything probably had, yeah. I got to look in there and see how much salt they put and stuff. And... Oy. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever encountered Ludafisk? Just thinking of uh, savory jello. Um, no, but I've had other, uh, sort of, I've had other pickled fishes, but not as pickled as lutefisk. My dad, I love you. Brothers, I love you. But, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It's yeah. fish jello, man. Well, and I've heard that it's basically just, like, made as a challenge now. Like, <laughs> like it's not really eaten in the old country, but... There was a group of uh, old men in Wisconsin when I was uh, serving at a restaurant that it was the Ludafisk Association or whatever it was, and everybody got their serving with a shot of whiskey just because this is is necessary to cleanse the palate. When whiskey is your palate cleanser, that's a bad sign. Have you heard of the fermented uh, Greenland shark thing? (laughs) Yeah. uh, There's that video of the two men who end up speaking to each other in vomit as they're, (laughs) they just smell it and then they can't stop for like 10 minutes. I, I, something about being North of the Arctic circle does something to people over time. Like, uh, Inuits being, being able to metabolize just straight blubber. Or there's a traditional dish up there, I think, that's um, like uh, some type of seabird stuffed into a, a seal's stomach, bur- buried, fermented, and like, yeah, the further up you get, there's probably just less that you can live on. You got to be <laughs> creative with that shit, I guess. <laughs> uh, so before we lose too many listeners, yeah. um, your experience is driving. Have you, how long have you been driving? Mm, just Just over a month. 
Oh, not so wrong. That, yeah, seriously. Okay. Um, Nothing too crazy yet. <laughs> yeah. So no, no vomit incidents. No. no. And, and you know what? I've decided to avoid the late nights. Smart man. It's yeah, it's a little less lucrative than if I were to go out and deal with the drunks. But <sighs> but then I don't have to go and deal with the drunks. Yeah. <laughs> airport runs are a whole lot easier for yeah. the business set, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have much experience with death growing up? Did you lose mm. any family members, or was that something that you encountered on a like you know? Pets is kind of always the instigator about... Yeah, let's see, pets. Mm. Don't want to bum you out too hard. No, no, please. Uh, This is, well, I'll tell you, I'm a little weird. Death doesn't bum me out. That's why I wanted you to. (laughs) I I don't mean to laugh about it, no. But, uh... I don't know. We're all... it's, It's the only constant. It's the only thing we're all gonna do, so... I don't know. That's the jingle. No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. I can remember my first funeral. I think it was, I think I was maybe mm, seven-ish or something. That's actually pretty good. And like, um, maybe a little older, but in that range. And it was one of my mom's uncles or like, but maybe not like an actual uncle, maybe like some number of cousins away, but in, um... In Dakota culture, we'd just, you know, they're an uncle. They're the age of your parents' siblings. <laughs> so oh, sure. it, uncle, rather yeah. than being specifically yeah, like yeah. family in, it's like a record mm-hmm. needle of like uncles are this yeah. level out. Mm-hmm. Cousin, okay. yeah. And um, I saw the body. He was older, probably like 60s or so. And I wasn't scared to see him. I didn't think he was going to like rise from the dead or anything. It was just, hmm. This person is not there. This is their body. I've always been pretty sciencey, and um, I've just always kind of accepted that we are physical things. And you know, my my uncle always hunted. I'd eat his venison. I go, oh well, he killed this animal. I'd see dead animals hanging in the garage, or you know, something like that. And yeah, yeah, you're somebody who's always had a very strong dichotomy between you're open about your spiritual side or at least you're like will acknowledge it Mm -hmm. we didn't really always discuss it but you've always been somebody who was very curious scientifically like we would talk about Mm. weird heady stuff and it was Mm -hmm. always fun to get you going like that (laughs) were you the funeral that you're talking about was it a straightforward christian funeral or there lakota aspects to it Mm. or what kind of service was it it was uh I don't really remember, it's, uh, but there's always been kind of a, a, I've been to a number of funerals where there was a mix okay. of, um, mix of Christian stuff. Well, cause definitely like Catholic, I've been to like Catholic funerals at the big Catholic church on the reservation, but, uh, th- there would be some, uh, Dakota prayers thrown in and, um, perhaps some ceremony or ceremonies linked outside of the church to the funeral um yeah it we were talking before we started recording about our kids and kind of coming online and Mm -hmm. that age of getting stuff and i i relate everything back to pop culture that it's my worldview of seeing stuff and i think about the point made in kill bill volume two Mm. where bill talks about um the fish on the carpet and that's like the most basic thing that you can present to a child. I'm sure there are even further ways for a more nuanced mind than mine, mm-hmm. but the idea of a fish 
flopping on the carpet and a fish not flopping on the carpet. Mm -hmm. And I'm hesitant to expose my child to that. Mm -hmm. And yet at some point it will happen. Um, I've told the story in the podcast before about when my younger brother first got a hamster and one of my mm-hmm. mom's friends mm-hmm. said to my mom, I hope he's ready to confront death. <laughs> like, of course. That's what happens. And you were somebody who was exposed to it in a healthy way and you were old enough to process somebody was here, somebody is no longer here. Mm-hmm. And that didn't throw you for a loop. And, and kind of like on a macabre note, a relative who I I don't think I'd ever met. Yeah. And it was it was almost perfect. It was like a relative I'd, I'd never met, older, natural causes kind of thing, just like like a very it's like the dog dying of a relative dying. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I had a similar yeah. thing where it was very old relative that mm. I don't yeah. like the funeral was kind of my first memory mm. of that person. Mm-hmm. But then it definitely was not like I want to say triggering, but more like instigating a notion of mortality Mm. when I was 14 and another kid my age died and going to that funeral. Yeah, that's a little later. Oh, oh, this can happen to anybody, not just Mm. old people. Mm. So knowing this, we're about 20 minutes in. Yeah. This is kind of where the turn comes in now. So Cheo Smith, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what do you think happens when we die? Oh, I've got like what I want to have happen in my own personal cosmology and mythology of the world. I have what I know happens and (laughs) which is, you know, just the facts you expire your, uh, technically death is the ceasing of function of the brain. You can, uh, your heart can stop. You can have all these other things that happen. And, um, as long as your brain still has that firing function, just enough oxygen to keep sparking, you're you're still there, and you can be brought back. Um, that's that's just like the function of the body. But then, well, and then there's also what I th- actually think happens, and that's different from what I want to have happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's let's okay. let's tackle all three all of right. those different things in order here. So, what do you? Well, no. Whatever you feel more yeah. comfortable with, let's okay. go down that first. Let's see. What do I want? I, mm, <laughs> it's kind of like a... I, I, I picture my life as all happening at once. I'm already dead. That's, that's for certain. circle. That... that kind of notion, yeah. Sure. And, well... A way you can look at it, too, is if you take that flat circle and you pull it up into a cylinder and you put yourself in the middle of it, you have two cones that point at each other. You are in the present, and what's below you we'll call the past, and what's above you we'll call the future. And inside of that you have a light cone. And that's all the possibilities of the things that could happen. The sounds you hear are me sketching out what I believe <laughs> Cheo is talking about, and I think it's that, correct? Yes, exactly. Perfect. That. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. And inside of that is a path that you run from the time you're conceived and born and turned into a child, and it's all the possible things that you're, um, the, the elements that make you up, the stardust that you are, can travel until the end when they have to expire at some point you will cease to be 
you know, even if you freeze yourself and are brought back at some point, at some point you will cease to be because the universe will rip itself apart. So you will stop at some point. And, but for most people, it's, you know, now creeping up to 80 years or so. And um, I think that, well, what I kind of want to have happen is, and that's a big quantum system. It's choices. It's things running into each other. They could be different. They could branch off. It kind of gets into the many world, many universes idea. But I just kind of wanted the ability to take a little bit of what I have now and like inject it into the next go around. Cause I feel like that's just a, an, like an electron gap where it's just like, you're sparking across that just going, your lives are just, you're experiencing them in real time, but they just keep happening instantly. And all these lives, these iterations of what you could be flowing through the different paths, like lightning, they're kind of going to different spots, but they all have to be contained within this light cone. Okay. I think, <laughs> I think I'm following. It's And I want to give a little bit to the next iteration. Do if you I can. see that as so if I understand it's this is a series of moments yeah. that are infinite infinite. Yes. Do you feel when you talk about sharing with the next, do you mean in a more um concrete reincarnation notion or more of a multiverse chao like yeah and a very iterations? silly uh gently in the one <laughs> kind of <laughs> like uh if, if i can yeah if those are all iterations of you <laughs> yes you have to be your own advocate yeah and worst case scenario would be i would like to have less pain for all versions of myself there's a universality mm. there mm. it sounds like you are somebody who is not necessarily in the moment at all times, but that that ideal is kind of core to your understanding. Is that right? That there's an idea of like the now is all that there is and all moments of your existence have the now, but mm-hmm. you're... You, every time was now. Yeah. Every time will be the future and every time will be the past. And so just to be able to be... I, I like to do a little mild meditation and pull myself out of the now and kind of try to exist in the three three leveled, you know, these three dimensions that yes. we know. The fourth mm-hmm. one of time that makes all of that possible. Yeah. That mm-hmm. okay, that's heavy stuff. That's it's heady and heavy. Yeah, yeah. I like that, and it's very. And that's what makes me be a nice person <laughs> instead of instead of Jesus. Well, and yeah, seriously, no, that's no, the know. one requirement is that if you don't have this one guy in your life, yeah, it's it's really interesting to me to find you expressing this stuff in more of a <laughs> as a hydra, you know, as a mm. many-headed thing, a many mm-hmm. iteration version of Cheo. Whereas I see this as almost parallel in thinking, but I'm more so of the single linear existence mm, that mm. I that I'm experiencing that I'm aware of yeah. that I only know this current version of me yes. that I know that there are or that I feel on some level that there are other versions or other you know expressions of this version of me mm. but I can't know them due to the, my limitations of the meat suit yeah that the intangibility of it like the momentariness of it that 
and this is something that, <laughs> that my therapist has said too, that like you're very in tuned to the momentary nature of it because you're spending a lot of time with a toddler where mm. there's just the now and there's no <laughs> yeah. beyond. You know, it's yeah. it's a tragedy when the cartoon goes off because why would you want to stop the cartoon? Mm-hmm. This is the best thing. So it's interesting for me to hear that expressed as a similar concept but expressed in a different way. Yeah. Do you find that gives you peace throughout your day, like on a more daily level? Mm. Or is that more of a chao with his dark thoughts at night? Oh, I... Not dark thoughts, No, yeah. well, I mean, most of... Uh, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate that, the, uh, that my mind works this way, but I do think of the dark side of things quite often. And uh, it's, it's all... Uh, part of it is almost kind of tied to that thinking that this lifeline that we're on and kind of more like on the uh, singular path that we're on and, and thinking of, about the one that I'm living and that there I have these responsibilities in my life. I Having a child instantly turns people into stranger danger and you have to just wait till you get a little bit older and, you know, you'll, uh, when you have to leave them with strangers, you go like, like, oh my God, like, do I need to start like investigating every single person? And and yeah, you might as well because because <laughs> the world is dark. <laughs> and but I, I kind of have this like idea that if if I think of the, and this is probably just OCD, but if I think of the bad thing, if I think of the like worst case scenario, if I think of the car accident all the time while I'm driving, or if I'm you know just watching and being like hyper aware, it it'll prevent the random thing that cuts my lifeline short right then or yeah. you know like a psychic vigilance almost yeah and it's taxing <laughs> and so yes. I, I i do my best to turn it off and to be de- definitely when i'm at home it's just like okay just make sure he doesn't fall and crack his head <laughs> you know yeah for, for for the boy but um yeah i uh during my day and and, and part of what i do to uh, uh, alleviate that is I try and be like, I try and have rules. I try and have a lot of knowledge about the things I'm doing. And so I can like go, yeah, I'm good. I can like, I can let some of the stress off of my mind. What it makes me think of is, well, for one, I <laughs> feel you. I, <laughs> I struggle with similar things in that having an anxious mind you and I talked about this in college, the idea that when we got cell phones, you no longer mm. had to memorize every number. Mm-hmm. And there was a phase where my phone died, and it just wouldn't, like every time I closed it, because that's what phones <laughs> yeah, did, it right. would shut off. Yeah. And so I had to have numbers written down, and for a little while I did have a black book to like write numbers down. <laughs> but we don't have to remember those numbers anymore. Yeah. So as we've had things to take off the anxiety or the stress of food, shelter, safety, yeah. you know, we're no longer worried Real about life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all we have to do is just, we've got all this unused ram that mm-hmm. just creates scenarios mm-hmm. and it <clears throat> you don't get a bonus for predicting the bad thing for happening <laughs> no. you can prepare yeah. but to a certain extent a previous guest uh, and friend carly dr carly alexander mm-hmm. she talked about having a maladaptively low stress level response mm. to which i said you come into my house and you say these things <laughs> you tell me you're not anxious all the time she talked about how Stress response can be good up until a point. Mm-hmm. It can cause her to study for a test, 
but she won't overprepare. Mm-hmm. Whereas both my wife and I are people who freak out about tests and mm-hmm. want to have everything memorized. Uh, my wife's better at that than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a much better test taker. But there comes a point where stress is no longer beneficial. Like it, yeah. you're eventually just beating a dead horse or just self-flagellating. But um, you want to be mindful of those things so that if they were to happen, you have a response ready. Like I think about in college, if you and I were at a same party, you and I were both people who would think about, how am I getting home? Mm-hmm. Whereas there were other people who were just like, we're here. It's yeah. Like, yeah, dude, we don't have Uber. Like, <laughs> we are really far from yeah. our house and it's 10 below. When we're all drunk <laughs> in three hours, yeah. how are we getting home? Yeah. And nobody ever had that concern. And you and I were both people who were like, yeah. I got somebody picking me up. Yeah. I'll be safe. <laughs> so that's what you. That's what I want. Okay, yeah. No, that, yeah. So let's, let's. That's what I. This is why it's fun talking with you. And sidebar, <laughs> do you have a hard out that you need to be gone by? No, not okay. at all. I just want to be mindful of your time. All but right. was that? So, let's sidestep then into the practicality mm. and the physical realm. What mm. do you know happens when we die? Mm, d- d- just the physical stuff, where you, you expire, your. Uh, I, th- there's a there's kind of like a list of like which functions go out first or last uh as far as your touch and sense of smell and feeling all that stuff and 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 a lot of that comes from reports of people who have uh gone that far uh towards death and have been brought back and yeah you you cease to be you're the um the stream of consciousness that you've been is now just cut short. Do you feel, I'm trying to think, I'm going to quick pull up my phone just mm. to Google this mm-hmm. because I think we were in college when Terry Schiavo was going on. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? Yes. Yep. That might have been a little before. I recall that quite a bit. Now you have to think about how to spell it. S-C-H-I-A-V-O. High five. Uh, yeah, she, she actually passed 2005. So, yeah, we were in college. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the famous example of somebody who was on life support yeah. and was, you know, not to be crass. She was mm-hmm. a vegetable. She yeah. was not there. She was mm-hmm. gone mentally. And yet the suit, the meat suit kept going. Yeah. Do you feel that there's something in your experience or your mm-hmm. worldview that there's something beyond this? You know, you talk about multiversal chael <laughs> which is just what i want <laughs> yeah no i want but, i want that on a t-shirt but okay so so what do i think what do i i mean or and and i do think that there is a bit of um i guess the other other side of that like multiversal thing and all the like heady stuff is like a a, a bit of an earthiness to it and a bit of like a just an acknowledgement that we are stardust we are mm-hmm. built from the the atoms being fused together at the center of stars and then shot out in supernovas and coalescing into clouds of gas and galaxies and stars and planets and then we become and it's like that's just we're the mold that grows on those rocks we are and i've i've heard this said i don't recall where but we are the we are the consciousness of the cosmos 
what's that say again? Let's look it up. I don't yeah, know. It I was think somebody. It was somebody great. <laughs> and, and there goes my brain. Experiencing itself subconscious yeah. or subjectively. Yeah. I mean, j- just the fact that our our special type of you know we're inside of a building right now. We have woven fabrics on our bodies. We but we're just apes that have. <laughs> become this and we can think about ourselves and we can think about the concept of death and the future and so so to me i think death and dying is you're just going back to what it all is merging back with the source and and actually maybe that's more what i want you know it's really just i want to i i i imagine that i i love the, like the CGI stuff where they take Earth and then start zooming backwards yeah. super fast, and yeah. you're passing past the planets, and then you see our solar system and you see our galaxy, and you just keep going, and it's like that's becoming all with everything. It's just, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm atoms. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, you know, there are quarks inside of me that came out of the Big Bang, and yeah, I'm just turning back into that. Yeah, matter can neither be created or destroyed. It just yeah. it's energy changing mm-hmm. forms. Like I love the notion of you know, where steam goes when you're boiling water. Like <laughs> where like I'm yeah. gonna have to explain this stuff to my kid eventually mm-hmm. when she starts asking questions. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly really exciting for me to think that I love that stuff, yeah. Um, are you getting to that now where he's asking what's that? Yeah, and we got work? these great books from my dad and they're like this little uh, all I'll Google them with you later, but yeah. there <laughs> it's, it's like, um, well, it's, it's like the science topics and it says for babies. Oh. And so it's like, um, it's, it's big stuff. It's quantum physics for babies. It's, um, uh, Newtonian physics for babies, science ABCs, like all these like really heady things. And he, the guy does a great job of just turning the, everything into balls. It's just like this ball is positive. This ball is negative. When they come t- together, they uh, they attract, and when there's two positive, they repel, and you know. So it's just these ideas of like this is just kind of what things are made of. Balls, just you know. it's all pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so it's really fun, and I've explained some things in that in those terms to him. He's starting to ask questions about. Um, well, he's a little photo head he loves cameras ah. and he always <laughs> needs battery and so we're always talking <laughs> about things charging and and he'll plug something in and say electro you know there are electrons coming out it's like oh you are you're correct sir <laughs> and <laughs> i need to catch up with you now sounds very much like yeah. a kid that makes me very happy mm-hmm. so when you talk about what you think happens yeah what you know happens mm-hmm. what do you hope happens that was kind of the other thing that you talked the about hope. I just uh, i don't know because there is just a part of me that knows that it's just that we don't know that you can't die all the way and come back that's kind of that's kind of the thing <laughs> uh, now now here we're hitting a point of nuance yeah. so when I first talked about doing this, yeah. I was talking with my sister-in-law. Hi, Katie. Uh, <laughs> she was kind of asking what I mean by, like, the differentials of death. Mm-hmm. It used to just be like, well, not breathing. Yep. That's it. And that's when they used to have the bells attached <laughs> to the coffin. Yeah. That, you know, and now we know, and talking about Terry Schiavo, too, there's, there's mm-hmm. levels to this. And so when you talk about nobody all the way dies and come back... <laughs> I've had two people sit in that very chair who have 
for yes. all that I know, for all that science will tell them, mm -hmm. did exactly that. Now, maybe we're talking about differences of like, well, the kid who fell through the ice in northern yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, was frozen and, like, and all that, that stuff, There's some yeah. wiggle room there, but mm -hmm. like, so for you, there's a feeling of, there's a level of like, oh, once you get past this like inception level yeah. of dreams, like once you get to the basement here, there's no coming back. There's a point where you can, yeah, where, because, uh, and, and what's kind of interesting is that at a lot of those spots where you start getting close to that and you come back, you wind up with some sort of brain damage or with, um, you know, amnesia, spots in your memories. Um, and so we know that it's affecting the brain. It's like, it's, yes, you get closer and closer to that moment with zero oxygen in your brain. You're hitting the point where your neurons are just are trying to protect the, the base function, just trying to keep your heart pumping or your lungs moving. And, and at that point you're starting to lose your, who you are, because we, we, we exist in our, you know, all throughout the brain, but a lot of what we do is in the front of the brain, the big, you know, uh, frontal cortex that we have that separates us from other animals. That's where we do all of our like executive functioning and where we kind of, you know, are social to with each other and so yeah we're weird social animals and i love yeah. that you use the word executive too like <laughs> it is it's, you're executing thoughts desires and yeah. wishes and like making judgments on things mm -hmm. and so how you've got this interesting dichotomy that i you know i said this earlier yeah. you've got this real and it feels really kindred to me too because mm. you've got this really great understanding of the physicality and the um the chemical nature of the body, but mm -hmm. then there is this, there seems to be this gap. Yeah. And then it leaps up to something spiritual. Is there, yeah. do you feel that there's, how do you, re, how do you reconcile that gap? Uh, math. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, you just put a square well, root sign there and we're good. Because for me, even just the, well, it's, it's just our, it's unknown. It's like, to me that's faith i have faith in i have faith in math and science and those things i don't need them to explain it to me just tell them you know because i really believe there is a point of no return for death and so yeah people can get as close as possible but once you're out you're out and you can't tell anybody what happened on the other side and so it is just it's stepping through a door it's going to the final level and just going all right I'm walking through the door and then what happens on the other side is I hope up to you. I hope it's, I hope it's good or I hope it's, no. <laughs> maybe I don't, maybe it's just, it's, it'll be neutral. It'll just be, I don't know. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what, me... man? It's above your pay grade too. That's something I else know. I've learned talking to people is that like, oh. if this stuff keeps you up at night, that's okay. Yeah. And you don't have to have the answers to this. I just like asking people. I like that it keeps me up at night. I like thinking about these things and these like, you know, the the questions with no answers are the best ones because you can just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the analogy of, you know, showing a dog a magic trick. You know, mm -hmm. they're they never going to get it. Oh, but they're so amazed. Yeah. Or like <laughs> I've seen people do it with monkeys too where they like yeah. put the ball in the cup and then mm -hmm. the ball disappears and the monkey's just... <gasps> And that's with higher function and like being pretty close to, to human and they and they really, really enjoy them and they're like, Yes, like you're a magician. Yeah. It's something romantic about the idea of the ephemeral kind of 
you know, that there's something unknowable mm. and that, that magic makes it really appealing. And this is mm-hmm. going to sound really <laughs> dumb and pop cultural. Um, again, this betrays the way my mind works, but I recently bought a copy of the shooting script for The Dark Knight mm. because awesome. <laughs> I was at a comic shop in Seattle. And anyway, it was really weird for me to read through it because I've loved that movie so much and seen it so many times that it's it's difficult to pick it apart. And yeah. like it feels like this whole integral thing. And so to read the actual dialogue on the page and see that's all there is and realize how much of that is left up to the portrayal of the actor the wardrobe, the makeup, the lighting, the sound design, all of these different things all create something that's way beyond the words on the page. Mm-hmm. And I want to know more. I want to know, well, who is the Joker? What was his story before this? And you can infer some things mm-hmm. from, you know, things you can take out of the script. But I recognize I want to know more and that I don't want the answers. Mm. I also think that's why I loved Lost so much, but that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> but I want the answers, but I know that they're going to be disappointing. Mm. Like, the, it, I suppose a more elegant, nuanced mind would say it's why faith with proof is not faith. Yeah. Um, I think that is tied into the Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide mm. to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, the old, you know, that's it for God example. And then I also think about how mind-bogglingly large space is and how it just, none of this makes any sense once yeah. you start to pull back the, the, from the micro scale to the macro scale. This is all, this is why I love talking to you about this shit. This is just, <laughs> I've got friends too who are just absolutely, this just bounces off of them mm-hmm. and they're fun to talk to, but like <laughs> this, I love getting into the weeds like this. This is so yeah. fun. So what, I have a fear about what happens mm. and I'll get to that, but do you have any anxieties about what happens? Only in that I, I don't want to miss my family's lives. I I imagine that like in the moment of death, you know, if I'm conscious and I'm aware of the end of my life, um, kind of depending on where it is. And if, if I'm 80, maybe I'll be like, yes, <laughs> like, please, like I'm tired. 90, probably 90, <laughs> <laughs> especially with what medicine is doing now. Uh, oh, it, please, it, we're going to hit 150. Oh, easy. I know. Jeez. If global warming That's too much. Yeah, definitely. Like, if we're can, if we making it to 150, by 120, I, I don't know. And again, look at the dark night. By the time <laughs> yeah. you get to Two-Face, you're like, I really have to go to the bathroom. This has been good. They could have made it's this two been... movies. Um, but let's see. Where were we? Fears. Fears. No particular um, anxieties. No, 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 no I, I don't. I suppose my mind can imagine that after death, I'll be transported to a lake of fire and burn eternally, which at some point, I mean, they would have to do, (laughs) the devil would have to do something to you for it to continue hurting. Because at some point, eternal fire will just start to feel like nothing and you'll just be like okay well you're gonna have to come up with something else to torture me every hot tub eventually seems normal yeah you'll be you know desensitized to the you know cruel tricks you know like okay like then that's where he throws that throws you up to heaven and you have a horrible time up there too and you just (laughs) yeah that's the novelty of it they keep flipping you back and forth and each one is horrible because of it (laughs) i honestly that's not that far off from what i'm concerned about which is i'm afraid of the notion of um 
kind of the the infinite reduction of consciousness into the like mm. um like say your your last moment of living consciousness is yeah. stopped right here yeah. and then everything going on from this is just like the light the on fading. the if yeah the fading twinkle out further back into the the cathode yeah. ray tube of mm-hmm. the tv and that your last thoughts like if it's like oh, i wonder if i should get pizza it would just be <laughs> pizza pizza out when you're spaghettified into a black hole, and Ex- it's... chael, nail on the head. Everything is just eternal death. Well, that's that's actually one of the thoughts I've had about death. Is like, that's your your when you begin to touch infinity. At some point, I would think that the voice would black out if you were still, you know, conscious as we call it, um, which which maybe you are. Maybe all these electrons that are floating through your brain as they're fizzling out, they're connecting in another dimension or something, and you continue on. Let's say that happens and you're experiencing things. Yeah, I think it would pull out, and it's um, one of the things that my my boy likes in his book is the limit of a curve. You can approach zero but never hit it. Yeah. And so you'll... And, and that's actually something that's been talked about with, like, a faster-than-light travel. You would continue going, and, you know, you'd get close to the speed of light but never actually touch it, but you'd be experiencing all these crazy effects and running into stray hydrogen atoms and, you know, being radiated to death. But Isn't it, Is it correct? Or maybe it's not. I have no idea. The idea that the closer you get to the speed of light, the more shit breaks down. Like, it just the, – the rules are, yeah, are wonky. Yeah, it, it starts getting slippery, but even, like, well before that – you know, interstellar space is essentially empty. They say that, well, this was something in a, in a show I like to watch. And uh, if, if you pointed the Millennium Falcon at, from one end of the galaxy to the other, and just with random coordinates, because they said, well, that if, you know, Han Solo says, if you point it out into space, you'll run into a star or something. You'll end up floating home, boy. Space is so empty, even in a galaxy, that it was like... 60% of the runs or something higher than that would touch nothing at all. You wouldn't have to deviate your course at all. You could just shoot across the galaxy and not... And, and, and just fly straight through, yeah. never hit a thing. And then... but So space is super empty, but there are still just like random atoms floating out there. and um, you, would, uh, you would run into a hydrogen atom going some fra- you know, high fraction of the speed of light, and that that energy potential within that single atom would be enough to like, yeah, yeah. It would, it would cause like a huge radiation explosion. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Because you're going so fast. Is that also where dark matter becomes an issue? Because I've never really Ooh, grasped dark, dark matter. I mean, literally, figurative. like I don't really <laughs> like, is that, is that in those vacuums? Is that there is additional matter that we're not capable of detecting or is it that there are things that we just, Dark matter is one of the ones where I've like I've looked at it. I've it's one of the ones that I just cannot really touch the way they talk about it. And so I've got I've got an idea that's a little bit more like zoomed out. And it's that when you say like light a firecracker in the middle of a still garage, the smoke will radiate outwards. Some of it will coalesce. Some of it will spin apart, but it'll keep expanding, much like our universe. And air will be filling some spaces in. It'll be coming back. So to my my theory of dark matter is, is that it's actually the substrate of the universe kind of filling in the spaces behind 
the explosion of the Big Bang and that there's sort of pockets of the real real out there. Yeah. <laughs> space yeah. is like space time going on was like an intrusion into a background substrate. I love that. The Higgs field, you know, like, well, yeah, it could, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they get Almost to like it's a yeah. void or a negative space. Yeah, yeah. But maybe. <laughs> this is wacky shit, my, man. I love my it. My trippy thought was always like, what if we're a negative space? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is why I like you. <laughs> so That's why I like you, too. <laughs> to bring this back to a more yes. practical day-to-day level, <laughs> have you thought about in your own untimely demise mm-hmm. um, what you would like to happen? You, you mean like... Funereal. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Afterlife plans. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, my sister's in, in healthcare, and we've talked a lot about... Uh, uh, health directives and things like that they're super important to have you want people to care if if you care about what happens to your body afterward you want to have a nice list and you want to have somebody who you trust who's going to carry that out if it matters to you i have things that i want to carry it out they kind of don't matter to me i'll be gone i'll either be shooting out to saturn or i'll be you know a, a ghost or something i don't know <laughs> we are coming back to all of that i love the idea that like you're dead and you're like Saturn, here yeah. I come. We're going. If I can explore the universe, I mean, I'll be right back. I just got to go see something oh, real God, quick. I'm... I'll come back and visit you guys, but I got to go. I'll be right back. So I anyway, yeah. That. Yeah, I've got um, mostly at this point when I was uh, eight, it was uh, mummification for sure. <laughs> I knew then. That it was weird. needs it was, to make it come back. It was like right around, it was kind of right around that first funeral. It was like, well, shit, if I die, mummify me. That's awesome you know i just learned all about it and like you know do the i want the jars i want the i want a, a view to the constellations out there pointing at that put me in a, in a tomb for the record i'm dead sober and this all sounds awesome <laughs> and then so there was yeah. when you were youngish yeah as you got older modification then i got really into like natural like just like throw no uh no embalming throw me in a pine box let me let me just decay man was that uh emerson or no uh thoreau yeah who just wanted to walk out Mm. in the woods and just smarter people Mm. than me are like yeah you don't know a damn thing uh i definitely have had that notion Mm -hmm. of like i want to just go be you know the um Again, pop culture. Luke Perry yeah. uh, had the mushroom mm-hmm. suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, Those are awesome. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I know that there are also Put ways, a tree on me. Exactly. You can be cremated and mixed in with tree planting mm-hmm. roots. Yeah. Um, it's been informative for me to understand that it's not going to... Whatever happens for me, yes, you know, respect your own wishes, but mm-hmm. it's for the people who are there Yes. Oh, yeah. post. I know. You know. That's where I feel sometimes like... <laughs> I feel bad because I'm like, oh no, don't don't do anything, don't invite a single. You, but then I'm like, just throw me in the trash. Yeah, to my partner, I'd be like, that's that's pretty rough. <laughs> just yeah. like nobody's gonna come visit, nobody's gonna say you know anything nice. But people will be if nobody else, I will be there. You Thank will you. have your partner Thank and your you. son. No, I I mean, I think for me now though, practically it's uh, cremation. Okay, it's um kind of do what you want with with the stuff after i, I don't need to be spread anywhere special i mean i mean take a little of me toss me in the garden i don't know something something nice. nice 
I'll think I'll think more about it, and maybe it'll change back. Maybe it'll change back to a mushroom suit or something like that, something a little more natural. But I think just like for right now, it's like this practicality thing. Like I don't I don't have a place where I want to be put into the ground like that. Like to have like a tree on me, you know. Yeah, I'm always curious when people have a a hard like I need to be here, here, and here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which I mean that's. Okay. That's awesome. Okay, I, yeah. th- there is a, a lake here. Like if something mm-hmm. did happen, like if I protracted an incurable illness in the next, you know, whatever period in my life and I haven't moved from this area in my life, there is a nice lake that I've spent a mm. lot of time running and biking around and like walking with my kid around that like that would be nice to be able to yeah. be part of the lake there mm-hmm. and you know, it's serene and it's a marshland and yeah. but at the same time it's not about me. It's gonna be whoever's here and needs mm-hmm. closure somehow yeah um thinking back to this is tangential but thinking back to the anxiety that you've had about um running scenarios in your head while you're <laughs> yeah. out doing stuff mm-hmm. those are intrusive thoughts yes and that is the same thing that we talked about with um your brain having excess resources mm-hmm. to just figure out like all right what about this well here's how we would do that what about this yeah here's how we that's do that. the thing you gotta play them out because with intrusive thoughts if yes. you cut them short that's when they say excuse me excuse me no you didn't finish me yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna come back hey you know how you're trying to sleep yeah but what if it did happen yeah, but remember that one time <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. exactly why it's okay to have those mm-hmm. let them work themselves out you'll mm-hmm. feel better having done that let's flip this completely now from <laughs> sacred to profane yes do you have any experiences or interactions with ghosts? Mm, no. Well, okay, so... Okay. Think about what just happened there. I just asked that, and you say no, and they're thinking, okay, nice, good, boring. I like that. And then, well, talk about a loaded <laughs> phrase. Well, uh, it's not that we exist beyond death, but... Well, what I'll say is I feel like we all we're all creating a lot of energy all the time and literal physical energy like a hundred watts of energy being put out into the atmosphere and a bunch of electrical stuff going on and uh, it seems like houses and some places in nature in particular are especially good perhaps conducting recording devices of I don't know of things yeah. <laughs> and like um, so the house my the house we moved into when I was five in Minneapolis um, nice big old Victorian built in 1905 <clears throat> in the attic was a small room that wasn't touching any of the walls and it had a door locking from the outside and it was furnished inside we figured it was probably a room for a mentally disabled child. That's what they did back then. <laughs> yes, they were wonderful people in the Victorian era. Um, or something like that. Or, you know, just somebody who they wanted to have locked into a, in a room. And, a child. Oh, so and, and probably a child. Oh, that's so sad. And so my mom has seen things. My grandma, uh, other relatives, other people. I always felt you know kind of the, the pringle the pringles <laughs> the the, uh, the prickles i, f- I feel the no, pringles man, feel pretty pringles. <laughs> yeah uh, sour cream mm-hmm. uh but yeah like going up the basement steps was just it always just mm. felt like eyes buried in the back of my head until i got to maybe 
oh, really like 14 or so. And like, I just took it into my mind to just be like, nope. <laughs> oh, you just clamped down on it. Well, with acknowledgement to the house. Oh, almost this like a saying, like, I've said aloud in that house, nah, uh-uh, not right now. Okay. <laughs> and, like, just just to, like, clean, cleanse myself, get up those stairs, and then eventually, like, I didn't have those feelings anymore. Okay. You know, when, like, a creaky door, like, oh. I was, I'd just be like, uh, okay, you're moving around, I get it, all right, you've got spirits in you or something. <laughs> Acknowledged, you have powers, yeah. I don't want this. Like, yeah, yeah. I, um... Oh, there's so much to dig into there. I love all that. <laughs> I have, first of all, parallel experiences with growing up in a Victorian house, mm-hmm. um, and similarly with houses with bad energy, but rather than bore people and take up the time, look up that solo episode that I did. I talk all about that <laughs> and my own experiences with that. But um, you were like 14. You were yeah. coming online, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Puberty was right around yeah. somewhere in there. Like the chemicals were just surging through your mm-hmm. body. Like you talked about the electrochemical, like saline, electrolytes, the like this weird lump of bacon fat in your head <laughs> yeah. that's just goo and processing weird stuff was picking up on like micro changes in air density or mm-hmm. pressure things. And like, Have you heard about castles having a sonic resonance? Well, th- th- there are some tones some ultrasonic or uh, infrasonic tones, so like super low. Oh, beyond the audible threshold yeah. for the human ear, however, still resonating and having an impact on the body. They some of them give you mild mild auditory hallucinations, an overwhelming feeling of dread. <laughs> they make you hear things, see things. You're just thrown off. You feel bad. You kind of a little bit nauseous, a little gross. And it's just because they're, they're all the stones are just kind of like always like grinding against each other because and they're it, never technically settled. They're yeah. always kind of always oh, just kind of a little loose, the way loose, glass yeah. can like technically flow still. Mm. Holy shit! Yeah. I don't want to cut you off. I mean, that no, was... <laughs> no, no. I was just yeah, cool. But that's. So, yeah, you can feel just, like, in a house, just kind of, like, this is, maybe it smells weird. Maybe it's a little, like, musty or damp or something or, like, you know, a flickering light. Like, like uh, uh, visual, your, your visual senses can be tricked with just, like, uh, there's some, like, flashing lasers that, like, make people throw up. You just flash yeah. it in their face and it's, like, a pattern that just goes, and you, like, freak out. Well, police lights are yeah. intentionally, deliberately mm-hmm. out of sync and that yeah. they will never sync up so that you're always disoriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember, I was thinking today about <laughs> the first time I really encountered a strobe light mm-hmm. at like a haunted house mm-hmm. and it put mm-hmm. me into like a a trance-like dissociative state and I wondered like, was that like pre-seizure state? Or like, mm-hmm. what if I were to do that now? And yeah. I don't know, I love that kind of stuff. And to be clear, I don't mean to bring that up to dismiss any of the no, no. supernatural feelings because I've um, I've heard some things that I've had I've heard supernatural things firsthand from people that sound like really credible. So yeah, where it's not just like oh you are undergoing a lot of stress. Like, yeah, I've talked in the podcast before about how when I get super 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 stressed, I've had visual distortions, mm-hmm. and, um, the occasional auditory hallucination that I know are just me reacting to stress. Yeah. I'm also taking medication and like I know that it's not. You know, I'm not diagnosed as bipolar or schizophrenic, but I know that, mm. like, as people are under more and more stress, hallucinations yeah. are not as out of the ordinary as we think they are. I've even noticed it just in, like, getting older. 
Like, yeah, my like my peripheral vision will put together an image because it's it's all anything past like the very front of your vision is just your brain putting together kind of a rough image just kind of like eh, like paste and stuff like oh yeah that's a couch yeah like if you could take a yeah. screenshot of what you're actually seeing this would all be blurry oh, out yeah. here but your brain's just kind of putting it together and so like sometimes i'll see something out of the corner of my eye and be like oh there's a man standing in my kitchen and then i'll turn and look and it's like oh of course that's my jacket that i put there there's no one <laughs> but again yeah. excess ram doing yeah. that and you've got 36 more years than you did when you were exactly. a baby to say that's what this is yeah. and you've got all this all this reference material mm-hmm. built up that you can say that looks like that one guy from 1974 that I, you know at <laughs> 74 well no i mean uh, life. yeah photograph from 1974 uh dude this has been so 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 fun i yeah. would you ever want to come back on and do this again oh no, anytime. anytime i would love to have you on and we could just like pick a topic and just dig into it um also awesome. is your sister in the area here too uh yeah i've had death doulas on i've mm. had clinical psychiatrists on like if she'd be open to it i'd love to be okay. able to talk to her about that because cool. sounds like she's got some real first-hand experience mm-hmm. dealing with more of the practical end of life stage stuff because yeah. that's that's a real part of this problem with us as a culture not acknowledging death yeah. anymore especially the western culture not acknowledging mm-hmm. it's gonna happen to everybody yeah um so i can't thank you enough but before we wrap up is there yes. anything you'd like to put out to the internet at large because this is pretty evergreen you know we make mm. some pop culture references but like yeah. this will just be out there so you can just say everybody look up chael smith and give him a high five <laughs> or please Please don't give me high fives. Chael does not like high fives. I always say we're going to zipper merge just because we suck at that. Mm, there's a lot of things I'd like society to do better. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's a bad time um, in this country. I'll uh, I'll pass on a message I hear pretty regularly: be good to each other. I like that. Yeah, succinct, simple, and effective. Yeah. Chael, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm.